Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am. And listen to the story now. Let's go to Sweden in 1966 time frame. We are doing, we are doing Ingmar Bergman's persona. I feel like there should be like orchestra after I say that. <laughs> well, yeah, or, or our computers all melt. Look at okay. you. <laughs> um, um, oh, I, I'm sorry. He's <laughs> rusty. Knock the rust off. Quite rusty. Yeah, it's been a minute. Famed stage actress Elizabeth Vogler suffers a moment of blankness during a performance on the stage and the next day lapses into total silence. Advised by her doctor to take time off to recover, she goes to a beach house with a nurse. The particulars? Particulars. <laughs> love the blank look of Philadelphia. All right, Persona. It came out August 31st, 1966. Okay, good. This is a good Halloween month, but that's two months before. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Halloween lovers do start. This is a good month. fall movie. It, it yes. is a good fall movie. It is. So 1966 is the year that I did all of my other things on, but it came out in the United States on March, March 6th, 1967. So I did find that out because when you it's on HBO that you can watch it and it's had 1967 and I had already done the particulars and I was in a tizzy because I had done everything for 66 and I was like oh no it came out in Sweden 66 we're gonna go with 66 so it's written produced and directed by Igmar Bergman he is a super famous well-regarded Swedish filmmaker Per Wikipedia, his, his films are, quote, profoundly personal meditations into the myriad struggles facing the psyche and the soul. Mm -hmm. He also directed The Seventh Seal, Wild Strawberries, and Fanny and Alexander. He was born... I want to watch Wild Strawberries. I do, too. I want to watch a lot of these. Yeah, I saw a clip. Me, too. I don't he, understand, but yeah, I do too. Sorry. I know. Well, we'll we will definitely we get will, into we'll it. Get we have so it. much to talk about. He was born in 1918 to strict Lutheran minister father, and when he was 10 years old, this is according to well, what I'm he sure did. he had a mother too. Well, yes, but his father was a okay. very strict, right? You know, <laughs> you think after seeing this movie that he didn't have a mother? <laughs> <laughs> And he's got issues with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when he was 10 years old, he traded tin soldiers for a magic lantern. Now, Ma, we saw a magic lantern mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. when my parents came to visit us, we went to the Academy of Museum, the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures, Pictures, which is new in... I don't know what the it's in LA. It's off Wilshire. I highly right by the La Brea Park Tar Pits, mm -hmm, where LACMA is. It's it's fantastic, especially 
they have this traveling oh i forgot to put get the curator's names because i was like listening to if you download their app you can like listen to like the tour thing that they could do but anyways anyway sorry they have this exhibit that is going to be moving around so it's going to go on the road to different places man if you're listening if you're one of our 20 listeners and stuff you got to check this thing out when it comes to town it's called reach generation <laughs> it's called regeneration oh my gosh and it's basically about black cinema from the 1870s to 1971 and oh my gosh of course you all know it if you listen to this but they make it sound like black people didn't do anything in films. And there was a, such a thriving film community, a thriving output of stuff. It was fantastic. We had Oscar Michelle. There were so many great things. There was these, unfortunately, a lot of films, you know, are um, gone and lost, but they had a whole bunch of clips. They had so much artwork in it. It was crazy. I kept it together the entire time. I almost broke in the section where it was the uh, the March on Washington and they had a whole huge Harry Belafonte thing and I it almost got me but I I I didn't I didn't break and it was glorious and wonderful and we need to mention it we, we have to mention it we finally got to see a scene from Porgy and Bess the Porgy wow. and Bess one scene one scene, it was with Sammy Davis Jr., and it was in bright Technicolor. And, you know, Ma, I was reading, and we can see a copy of it at the Library of Congress. So we might have to go to the Library of oh, Congress. Wow. Well, I did sit through that presentation twice because I realized when it went off, I should have... Wait, is it was it legal to do what I did? Yes, there's no flash photography. So I was able to, because I had to film that clip for Teeny so Teeny could see it. Yeah. So I sat through that presentation twice and I got choked up the whole time anyway. It, it's so great. There's so many great things in it. So many, like they just did a fantastic job because it just looks fantastic too. And it's artful and it's not just um things thrown up so anyways that there was that but i also bring it up because he traded igmar burton traded the 10 tin soldiers for a magic lantern and we saw those magic lanterns Mm because they also have like the an exhibit on the evolution of film and so a, a magic lantern was an early film projector where the slides would be turned you put the slides in upside down and then it would be projected upright camera obscura all of that yada 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 but anyways so from 10 years old he was obsessed with magic lantern in 1934 when he was 16 years old he was sent to germany to spend the summer and he attended nazi rallies and got to see hitler speak Mm -hmm. and the family that he was staying with put a portrait of hitler next to his bed and here's a quote he said quote for many years, I was on Hitler's side, delighted by his success and saddened by his defeats. Mm. Hitler was unbelievably charismatic. He electrified the crowd. The Nazism I had seen seemed fun and youthful. And then later, he says, quote, when the doors to the concentration camps were thrown open, I was suddenly ripped of my innocence. 
Okay. Mm. So it's just like that because everybody's like, oh, never again. Or, and they think that. That's how they get you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That it's cool and fun. And, oh, he's so passionate. And he, I mean, another shout out, White House Plumbers on HBO. Fantastic yeah. show. Super, <laughs> super fun. But he says, like, hey, G. Gordon Liddy is super obsessed with uh, old Hitler. And my man's like, hey, what the fuck is with this? And he was like, he just, the way that he spoke, it made me feel like I could do anything. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's how, that's how they get you. So that's why you got to be on your P's and Q's. You got to keep it frosty. Do your own research. <clears throat> so it's also edited by Ula Rhyme. She edited Through a Glass Darkly, The Silence and Shame. Music is by Lars Johan Verle. He also did Hour of the Wolf and was in the psychedelic rock group Meki Markman. The director of photography is Sven Vinkist. I'm butchering these Swedish names. I'm an equal opportunity butcherist. You know, my first boyfriend's name was Sven when I was in preschool. Oh. Okay, I'll I'll let that go. I mean, it was preschool. It was before she was woke. Nothing. Uh, He's not Adam. (laughs) Sven was the director of photography on over 120 films. Some of his films are Cries and Whispers, Fanny and Alexander, The Unbearable Likeness of Being, Pretty Baby. Oh, we saw that. And Sleepless in Seattle, just to name a few. Yeah. Yeah. Starring as Alma, the nurse, B.B. Anderson. She was a Swedish actress. Yeah, she was great. She had the weight of this film on her little shoulders, didn't she? Man, talk about memorizing some lines. Yeah. Woo-wee. She was also in Brink of Life, The Seventh Seal, Wild Strawberries, and a little film called Quintet starring uh, one Paul Newman. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. You haven't seen every Paul Newman movie? No. No, there are still many left. Yes. Shocking. I yeah. know. Yeah. Truly shocking, shocking, shocking. We have Liv Ullman as Elizabeth Vogler. She's a Norwegian actress. Is she? I mm-hmm. always thought she was Swedish. See, look at you. Just. Wow, I they're all the Sweden. same, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You went to Sweden, too. I am Swedish. I oh, am. I go to Sweden. I heard they leave their babies outside. They do. In okay. Wait for cast. <laughs> they do. We're, com- we're coming for the fjords. You know, you always heard Most about Sweden's fjords. Been, I, I, I didn't have a lot of time to Google things, but one of the things I wanted to Google was why are there so many white people in Sweden? Oh. I'll... Th- I'm sure Aaron has it taken. Yeah, I figured you would have it, so. Um... Liv Ullman, she's Norwegian. She was also in Scenes from a Marriage, Cries and Whispers, The Passion of Anna, A Bridge Too Far, and Nerd Alert. Her grandfather was sent to Dachau during World War II Ooh. for helping Jews escape from the town he lived in Norway. And he died oh. in Dachau. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. But 
But hats off to my man, because oh that's that's being about that life. Because a lot sure of people, is. I mean, you know, a lot of people, and I don't place judgment on it because that's one of those things you like to think that you would be like Liv Ullman's grandfather. But honestly, push comes to shove. Exactly. So yeah. hats off to you, sir. Well done, sir. And we have Margareta Crook as the doctor. Um, she was also in Release the Prisoners to Spring, Swedish Wedding Night, and The Man Who Quit Smoking. Oh. We have Gunnar Bjorkstrand as Mr. Vogler. He was also in The Seventh Seal, Wild Strawberries, and Fanny and Alexander. Wow. Jorin Lindstrom as the boy. He was in The Silence, Night Games, and A Dream Play. And His though, name is Jorin? Yeah, the J with the... I don't know if in Swedish they're umlauts. And then the R-G-E-N. So I don't know. My, 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 literally, my brain sees that and goes... <laughs> Teeny told you it was going to be a rough one. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to do my best to set the table for the beginning of this movie. So the film starts with buzzing sounds and a film projector. And and on the film projection, we're seeing snippets of photos of various things. Um, then, uh, and, and then we see an adolescent boy and a huge photo of a face out of focus coming into focus. We meet a nurse who is being told about her new patient we meet Elizabeth, the film act, the stage actress, who appears to be a selective mute. The doctor decides the best treatment would be for Alma, the nurse, and Elizabeth, the actress, to spend time in her secluded beach house on the Baltic Sea. What could, what go, could wrong? go wrong? I'll say with the beginning. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and watch this while we eat dinner. <clears throat> Don't. Eat, or maybe watch the beginning first before you start eating dinner. You got to get like five minutes in. Yeah, if you, I did it, but I, it's very few things that I'm like, oh, I can't eat. <laughs> That's too disgusting. Like, I was fine. I don't know. So I would be in a black and white where I'm like, oh, I'm more of a, like, I don't like to watch disturbing things when I'm eating. Yeah, I, I'm fine. Dinner time's reserved for something fun and flirty <laughs> and something more like the new Queer Eye season on Netflix. Hmm. That's, that's fair enough. I agree. So, did, wait, did you guys see the penis? Yes. Well, yes. I saw the balls. Um, <laughs> but I was like, was wait, did I just see that because it was so fast? I, then, I completely missed it the first time. I was listening to a podcast that they talked about, and I was like, wait, what? And then I had to go back and see. I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it was very early. Okay, so, um, well, one of the well, one of the snippets was the a goat's head, or did we see the beheading? I have that. I have where that's from. Yeah, okay. that's it's in a tasty titty. Okay, so we're just gonna move on um, because 
what the movie, what happens in the movie, I hardly even touched on. So, um, basically, so what it, happens in the movie, you just get to decide. Yes, honestly, this yeah, is. I have my theory. There in the the Wikipedia articles and everything, they said that of like the amount of film criticism and papers that have written on this film is very close and rivals that that's been written about Citizen Kane. It's pretty much everybody has a theory, and your theories can't be proven or disproven and Bergman knew what he wanted but he he never said what he it was because he just wanted <clears throat> whatever the audience oh, wanted what you got yeah. out of it yeah it was I have a quote later but it was something about feel it was like I, it's more of a fee, uh, the feeling that I want the people to have I, I had feelings so we are to uh, POC now, did I tell you it was it was set in Sweden? 1966. Nary a dark face in the crowd. <laughs> this might be the whitest, the whitest film we've film ever we've done. done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, subject matter, the yeah. setting, the casting, like where it is, what it's all about. Like it's it seems like it seems like peak. Peak white people shit. Oh. <laughs> I may be frank. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> remember, there's that great quote. Teeny loves it about. What was it about? It was from the the Filipino film that we did. Oh yeah. About the therapy. Oh, yeah. 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 Shit. Something about not having. It made our list last year. Yeah. It made my list. I don't have my notebook on me, though. But yeah, it's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's it's completely that. So it's something like like therapies for white people, basically. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, who's got time for that? We're out here trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Sounds like white people problems. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so we're going with a big fat goose egg for people of color. Although there is one. And we will get to it. Okay. It, it's like, so it's, it, it's in there, but not really. There's a, a person of Asian descent. Very mm-hmm. disturbingly in the film of historical oh footage that we will get to. But I mean, oh, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. True. So we, okay. Yeah. So now we are to cast. Okay, so this is just a little tidbit. I thought it was interesting. I went on 23andMe because I was like, how much Scandinavian do I have? And I thought it was very interesting that on 23andMe, England, France, Germany, Norway, Sweden, and Finland are all grouped together. Yeah, that is interesting. Say that again. England, England, France, Germany, Germany, Norway, Sweden, and Finland are all grouped together. But then. Yeah, as like those, like they have, like they break it down so that, like with mine, I'm mostly German and French. And then they like, there's like 2% of Norway and Sweden. But when you look at like the colors, like in the Broadway, like, you know, Africa will have a, East Africa has a different shade than Northern Africa because there's just like genetic differences between those. But all of that area is kind of the same. And it kind of makes sense when you think about, 
um, the Vikings and stuff, how they came down mm-hmm. and were just mm-hmm. like, you know, doing stuff. So, of course, so that I just thought it was, it was interesting that that they were all the same because I would th- have thought, oh, it's just Scandinavian, like that's that and that, but they are like clumped together. That's interesting. A, and then like Spain is its own thing, and then like Italy like southern europe and stuff so it, it was just very interesting mm. i got i got all that in me so i'm talking about my peoples here you, nobody can get mad at me yeah <laughs> psych right and i'm gonna say i it, it's uh, it's my understanding that with my sister's dna there was no uh scandinavian in it so the scandinavian didn't come from the white side of her family if you if you get my drift Oh, interesting. I didn't even look, look that at that up. breakdown. It's possible huh. I'm wrong. Well, okay. I So I have, I stumbled upon this thing that happened in 2022. Have uh-huh. any of you all heard of Sweden Gate? Mm-mm. Okay. So this is from an article on June 3rd, 2022, called Swedes Feed Their Guests, dash, they just have a different take on hospitality. And the author is Joy Hugh Lin. So apparently in 2022, this whole Sweden Gate thing erupted. <laughs> and it was basically a post on Reddit about Swedes not feeding their house guests. So the original post had to do with, a, there was a Swedish child who was visiting a friend and the child was asked to stay upstairs while the family sat down for dinner. And apparently that's completely normal in Sweden. And, you know, of course the internet was like, what? And there's a lot of, cause there's a lot of traditions and cultures where food is love. So those people on the internet couldn't imagine not feeding a child. So the quote from the article, the antidote called the antidote, well, the story called into question the commonly held utopian vision of Sweden as a happy, highly functional, tightly knit society backed by a potent welfare state. How could this cultural model justify denying a kid dinner? And what did that say about Swedish values? Ooh. So I thought it was very interesting because when I know that, you know, I think of Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Norway, as they always, you know, those are the shining beacon lights of capitalism plus, um, you know, socialism in terms of healthcare, university is free, you know, this whole kind of thing. But it, in my mind, because of who I am and all that, I'm like, but is it like that? Because everybody is pretty much the same. And so when you take caste out of it, then people do want to look onto other people and help, you know, oh, this is my brother. So it's, it's a lot easier because mm-hmm. we always have, you know, in the United States, no, I don't want to, I don't want, they're on, that they're getting handouts. We're always talking about mm-hmm. handouts and whatnot. So it was very interesting when I stumbled upon the Swedish gate that there's a whole like legitimate culture in Sweden around not, like that this is completely normal. So the author of this, she's an Asian American um, and she was over in Sweden. And when she was first over there, she wasn't, she noticed that she wasn't really invited over for dinner. And then if she was invited over for dinner at the end of the dinner, a couple would go around and everybody would toss in money. Wow. And, 
like three bucks. And she I don't was like, hate that. I, I know. It was interesting. And so she points out, she's kind of like explaining so, you know, to us hearing about it. You're like, but it's a child. But she's like, well, but in their culture, university is free, but food is very expensive in Sweden. So to the Swedes, feeding a visiting child without running it by its parents could be seen as inconsiderate. It throws things out of order. Yeah, okay. And so in the case of the Reddit poster, surely a hot dinner was waiting for them at home, a dinner that was budgeted mm -hmm. in for both money and time. So they didn't look at it as, oh, we're not saving this kid. It's like they, you know, the food is scarce. They'll go home. They'll eat dinner. Nobody's feelings get hurt because we're in the same culture. And so they're just sitting right. up there and it's fine. So they said that it was interesting, the framing of Sweden Gate and that Swedes do feed other Swedes, but they just don't like surprises. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Must, there must be some Swedish in me. I know. You need to move to Sweden. So then I came across, you know, I did my trust dual racism in, not fully because I wanted to stick on task, but I came across this article as a black woman who lived in Sweden, hashtag Swedengate is all too familiar. It's an article by June Findlay. And this article came out June 3rd, I think it's 2022. So then I was like, well, wait a second. There's this black woman in Sweden. Okay. Did Sweden colonize? Like, what were they up yeah, to? What is yeah. this? So Sweden did have colonies. They had colonies from 1638 to 1663. So, you know, way back in the day. After 1619, I'll notice, but way back in the day. Then in 1733, then they had colonies from 1784 to 1878. Um, Sweden temporarily controlled the Gold Coast, a.k.a. Ghana, in 1650 to 1663, mm. and then they lost it to Denmark. New Sweden was in the Americas in 1665, but they lost that to the Dutch. St. Bart's in the Caribbean, they have that from 1784 until they sold it to France in 1878. They also had in the Caribbean Guadalupe, 1813 to 1814, returned that to France. When it talks, so I'm like, okay, then I see Swedish slave trade. I'm like, oh, what is that? Oh. Well, you got to remember the Swedish, that's some Viking shit. So, yeah, yeah. they were trading slaves from the 6th century to the 11th centuries. Oh, wow. But it was abolished in 1335. And when we're, their slave trade, sad. we're talking about the British Isles. So that's where it comes in to on 23andMe, like the British Isles, Germany, France, because oh. that was the Sweden slave trade. Like there, oh. it wasn't the Atlantic slave trade like we think about it. They had their oh. own kind of human trafficking kind of thing going mm -hmm. on. So then, and also the Slavs in Eastern Europe, you know, to bring that in. So I it's, know it's you just, said Slavs, but it sounded like you said Slobs. <laughs> those, those Eastern Europe Slobs. Look at you with your little cast ears, just Eastern Europe Slobs equals Slobs. I didn't say it. 
So then they had a Sweden did have a smaller African slave trade that was legal until 1813. And St. Bart's was a major port. It was actually a duty-free port. So slave ships were brought in tax-free by foreign vessels. And then the Swedish crown made a profit by collecting an export tax when the slaves were shipped out. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. so Sweden made a <clears throat> Sweden made a pretty pretty penny on African chattel slavery. Mm. Also, they were a major supplier of irons and chains <gasps> used in the slave trade. So uh, that iron uh, and chain, oh, you, oh, they were like see, and that that goes into what I read about Sweden not liking surprises. Wiping their hands clean of the actual dirt and just like, yeah. I will tax that. And here are the chains and the irons you need to hold it. So when everybody's like mad and looking for reparations and who made what, I like how Sweden is just the Homer Simpson meme back in the bushes. <laughs> Nothing to see here. I see you, Sweden. I see you. But interestingly enough, the last legally owned slaves of St. Bart were bought and freed by the Swedish state on October 9th, 1847. I'm sure they still made a pretty pretty penny selling irons and chains, though, until slavery was finally abolished after a bloody, bloody war. I don't have any facts to back that up. Merely following the trail of money and just how capitalism works. Anyway, so I had to read all that to set the table back to the article about the black woman leaving, living in Sweden. Yes, 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 yes. So this author, uh, what is her name? June. She went to Sweden as a student and she found sweet the, the, the whole Sweden gate very interesting on black Twitter, especially, and other ethnic groups around the world and their diaspora. So she says how Sweden and other European countries like it emphasize the notion of immigrants must integrate their lifestyles, customs, and even humanity to that, the country Mm -hmm. in which they settle. And many expect this assimilation, even if those customs not only run counter to what the immigrants' home traditions are, but against what most humans would do, a.k.a. serve food to a guest in your house. So it's if you move to Sweden, basically she's saying, like, you know, if you move to Sweden, they expect you to do what Sweden does. And mm-hmm. if you're... And not serve your people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> okay. Not responsible. So then she says... <laughs> The, the more I read about Sweden Gate, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, they sound fine. They sound perfectly happy and well-adjusted. <laughs> um, so then she says, spoiler alert, Swedish people do feed their guests sometimes. But sometimes. in her experience, they are quite excellent at making you feel quite alone slash different if you are not white or white-passing person born in Sweden. Oh, shit. Oh, so <laughs> at this point... 
in history, I think that it's kind of interesting to notice the places where you don't, where you just see a whole bunch of white people. And this isn't, this is just one of these life lessons that I, I kind of have just noticed that there's usually a reason for that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's usually, and it isn't. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's Yellinch people. It's sundown towns, and they. Would, other times it's just that cold, cold Swedish indifference that just makes you feel <laughs> <laughs> so, so very alone. Oh, what I mean? gotta say, I've never done a DNA test, but I feel like now I probably have some Swedish <laughs> in me. I think it's why we get along. <laughs> My mom is doing one. My mom is doing one. Oh, good. I I can't wait. Okay. But you got a lot of Tim stuff there, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess I would have to do one. Yeah. German. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or or you just do. Hmm. Note to self. (laughs) I know. I already made that note, but I'll forget it. I want to do one. I I mainly am interested in finding out if I'm related to any serial killers. Oh, see, I never did the like, like, um, connect with anyone. <laughs> That's the Swedish part in me kicking in. <laughs> um, so the the woman, she says the first three months that she was over in Sweden, it was very jarring. The author, she considers herself a very friendly, easygoing person. She's one of those people that she just figures things out as she goes along. She had done traveling, never to Scandinavia, but she had like traveled the world and stuff. She said, quote, but the very things that make me who I am were against, quote, normal Swedish social norms. I was met with the stoic, stone-faced, expressionless wall of aloofness. Wow. I is that me? Be. Is that me? I know. Can you read I that sentence know. again? Yeah, that might I will. Be my... oh, I gotta write it down. I think the... it's all three of us. I know. The very things that make me who I am were against, quote, normal Swedish social norms. I was met with the stoic, stone face, expressionless wall of aloofness that they showed towards strangers. Ma, that was me as a baby, even today. Oh, yeah, that was you. Yes. Yes. Even and after- that's me with some family members. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to be strangers. Even after a night, see, this is you, Ma, even after a night out of drinking and having in-depth personal conversations, there were awkward stares from people who couldn't figure out who I was outside of their neatly confined boxes. Ooh. So she's just walking around breaking people's brains in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. She says, um, Sweden, Swedish society follows many, quote, rules. One of the most interesting ones to me is the concept of, and this I did not look up, so whoo, buckle up. Oh, my brain says, Alla Manstraten, or mm. the right of public access. <laughs> Why do you think, what's so funny? Because I get so mad when people aren't on the right side of the sidewalk. What did you took this very literal? <laughs> Wait, writer strike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, writer strike. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The right 
of public access. It's the right to everyone to enjoy Sweden's nature, <laughs> including foraging for mushrooms and berries in one's local forest, like they were doing in the movie. What was that, Teeny? I said they were doing that. It's I, was, all, I was like, are they about to go do like go on a do trip? Like, oh, oh, is that the whole movie? Was she on? <laughs> You're the, the first person the I've ever heard bring that up. That's Christine. a good point. Is she was tripping on mushrooms? She that is a great point. Lock that in. That's a good one. So this is also Sweden also has the, in their rules the right to refuse hospitality and it all depends on where you live and who you're interacting with. <laughs> they could just not be hospitable. So then she quotes from this book called The Almost Nearly Perfect People, colon, Behind the Myth of Scandinavian Utopia by Michael Booth. That sounds like a very interesting book to read. And she says... It helps to illustrate in this quirky account of Swedish history of the individual's relationship to the state and how it manifests in everyday life. Quote, one must be able to solve one's own problems. Swedes don't like to ask for favors of each other. They keep their problems to themselves and suffer in silence. To ask for help or even to give it is a low-level social taboo. Debt of any kind be it emotional, a favor, or cash, is to be avoided at all costs. I'm living a Swedish lifestyle in my own <laughs> yeah. mind. I, I was like, yo, I I kind of feel that. Other than not accepting others, they're kind of onto something. Quote, the Swedish system's logic is that it is dangerous to be dependent on other people, to be beholden to other people, even to your family. Mm-hmm. Which yep. it it kind of makes sense why then they kind of got out of the slave trade in a weird way to me. <laughs> like, yeah. we will supply you what you need to uphold this caste system because look around, we're at the top. <laughs> we don't have to worry. But, oh man. Okay, so then the author says, quote, the reality is that the very essence of humanity is to depend on other people to survive and thrive in your own life and in society as a whole. She and so then the author illustrates how she and she she made her friends that she made at university were actually the international students because they bonded oh, over okay. their otherness. So there would be people from Africa, people from Israel, all sort of different cultures. And what they really enjoyed, because in their cultures about food and cooking, so they would like somebody was maybe Japanese and they would cook Japanese curry. She, the author has West Indian roots. So she would cook, um, fried corned beef and, and rice and beans and, and share with everybody. So it was kind of the opposite of, of what Sweden's doing mm -hmm. their norm. Cause they're wanting to share their culture with people. And so it was the international group of kids that they were, that became her support system. And then she really enjoyed it. But then she also became friends. There are, of course, you know, you generalize everybody, but there are sw Swedish people that she was friends with who weren't so stoic and were quote, human beings. Right. <laughs> Had feelings. Um, and so her, she and her friend decided that when they were graduating that they were going to throw an animal an animal house style toga party. 
The thing is that Swedes happen to be obsessed with American college culture. Really? But think about it. What are we, we like college culture is a billion dollar industry, college football, like college sports, movies, TV shows, like animal house showing the college life, you know, parties, all of that college basketball, all of that. So they, they're obsessed with it. So when they heard that two international students were throwing an American-style college toga party, a few hundred <laughs> people showed up dressed oh, in yeah. togas. Yeah. yeah, they were all dressed in togas. And get this, they had drinks and snacks to share with everyone. Oh, my gosh. So it was crazy. So then the author says... She feels good that she didn't charge them because in Sweden, then she would pass the cup around. Exactly. Yeah, made some money. Exactly. So she ends the article saying, quote, I was raised to share with everyone, even if they don't see me as someone they can share anything with. (gasps) Oh, wow. That's a great quote. Damn. Mm -hmm. Wow. So there you have it. Cast. Yeah. And a better person than I. Well, cat like not, not to, but you know, people who are in the lower rungs of the cast have to because they don't have the access to the material possessions. In right. order to survive, the happiness needs to come from other things, and they find a way for happiness when oppression. It's like diamonds mm-hmm. come from extreme pressure, is what I'm trying to say. So we are to nerd alerts. Now, I don't have any nerd alerts. I mean, I maybe this is where I listen to three other podcasts about this, but I'm going to save that for the end. Okay, that's good. The tasty titties. Teeny, yeah. do you have any nerd alerts? I figured you would have this part covered, so. You figured correctly. We'll set the scene. So this came out August, the end of August in 1966. So this is what was going on in America. The Georgia House of Representatives refuses to allow black representative Julian Bond to take his seat because of his anti-war stance. Is this 1966 or 2023? Exactly. Yes. Yes. The anti-war stance. Yes. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, 184 to 12. So Julian Bond took it to the Supreme Court of the United States, so the highest court, and that case is called Bond v. Floyd, and um, it basically they argued that Georgia denied Julian Bond his freedom of speech, and the Supreme Court agreed and required the state to seat him. So that so. Here's That's the, when we had a Supreme Court. But here's the thing. This is what, so the playbook has not changed. No. Everything that's happening now, that's why mm-hmm. I like to do these, because everything that's happening now is from the same playbook. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't want the playbook taught. Right. Because if you know what the playbook is, then you're like, oh, this is from the playbook. This is this is a a, a rope dope. This is this. This is this. If you don't know that it's from the playbook, then you fall for it every freaking time. You fall time. for it every freaking time. That's why you got to study the playbook. Look at NFL quarterbacks while they wash out. 
you got to be able to study and retain and know the playbook. You can't study and retain and know the playbook, you'll wash out of the league. That's why they don't want to teach the playbook. Because if they taught the playbook, and people will know that this is part of the playbook. This has happened before. But people, they give them their phones, give them all these stuff, don't teach, make history boring to people. They won't care, blah, blah, blah. Moving on. In January, LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, the president, he says the U.S. should stay in Vietnam until the communist aggression there is ended. Mm-hmm. In March, the United States announces substantially increasing troops in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Mind you, in Jan- like, so Julia Bond, also ahead of the curve. You know, he... He always was. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. John Lennon tells a reporter the Beatles are, quote, we're more popular than Jesus now. And people lose their fucking minds. Really? Really? You know what we have We have uh, Donald oh. Trump saying pretty much the same thing, and people are rallying for him. But then, so then, um, there's so much backlash with John Lennon. And he's like, I didn't mean it as a lousy religious thing. He just meant it as purely like, we're the fucking Beatles. And in that sense, where's the lie? You know, 1966, Beatlemania? No, come on. They were huge. On March 19th, 1966... Texas Western Miners defeat the Kentucky Wildcats in basketball. Why is that a big deal? Well, the Texas Western Miners started Clutch the Pearls, five black players. (laughs) And thus, it's important because athletic recruiting became desegregated. Money! Because they lost and they're like, oh, them boys exactly. Exactly. Not out of the goodness of anybody's hearts. In July, Jim Brown just just passed away yesterday. She just passed away yesterday, Mr. Brown. He's over in England shooting a little film called The Dirty Dozens. And this was after in the previous season because he played running back for the Cleveland Browns. Yes, he and did. He had just <clears throat> won his third MVP award. It's the MVP of the entire league, his third one. And he was over in the offseason shooting a film. And he was threatened by the owner of the Cleveland Browns, one Art Modell. And Jim Brown's (laughs) response to that threat was, I'm retiring from football at the age of 30. Peace out, deuces, everyone. Mm-hmm. And he retired. Jim Brown was out and done with football. He That's did right. the he did the for what and for who and mm-hmm. bounced. Awesome. Also How do you in- feel about that, Art? Mm-hmm. Also, in 1966, a sniper kills 14 from the top of the main tower building at the University of Texas at Austin. Mm -hmm. He had killed his wife and his mother before. Yeah. Night. What? 1966? Killed his wife and his mother. That, that guy had some issues. What year is it? Yeah. Well, luckily I will say he only killed 14 because he probably didn't have an AR-15. Exactly. Can you imagine what he could have done? I mean, it's still, exactly. it's still 14 souls and it just, but also, you know, it, 
I just point that out to be like, still had, still had uh, shootings, mass shootings going on. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed this in 1966. I had to put a special, a special coup watch. And this is only through the end of August 1966, because there were so many coups. There were also a lot of plane crashes in 1966. So I just decided, all right, focus, Aaron. Just this is coup watch through the end of August. We had the Central African Republic. We had the Republic of Upper Volta. That's also in Africa. We have multiple coups in Nigeria. We had coups in Syria. We had coups in Ghana. We had coups in Argentina. We had coups in Burundi. And that's, I probably missed a few, and that's only up until August. And then, finally, 1966, we start Daylight Savings. Oh. That starts in 1966. Didn't start Are we stopping? Summer. Are we stopping it? Did we hear it for sure? I think that we're going to stop it until the first summer comes, and then it's going to get restarted. That's my prediction. Well, it'll all depend on money. Yeah, but that's that's why we started it because of the extra hour. That's extra yes. commerce. It's extra people coming right. out. That's why if you want to stop it, unless they, it, it'll just be interesting. I just feel like it's going to be a thing where, oh wait, <laughs> what? I was, now it's like one of those. It's like yeah, you it didn't read the. You know, like Everybody- when you. Read, will complain because they complain now and then they're going to complain about what's different when it changes. So the films, top films, North America in 1966, number five was A Man for All Seasons. Number Mm -hmm. four was The Sand Pebbles. Never heard of that. Number three was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Ooh, ouch. Number two was The Bible, colon, in the beginning. And that's before Mm. Mel Gibson. And the number one film of 1966 was Hawaii, directed by George Roy Hill, based on a book by James A. Michener. Yeah, like a huge, <clears throat> a huge book. And Julie Andrews was in that, if I am not mistaken. Oh, interesting. The Oscars, these are the 39th annual Academy Awards. The Best Picture nominees were... Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? The Sand Pebbles. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Oh, we did that. Mm-hmm. Alfie and the winner for 1966, best film, 39th Academy Awards, A Man for All Seasons, hmm. which we'll have to do. And those yeah. are my nerd alerts. Um, Christine, I'm assuming we're just moving on to mm-hmm. Reheatables. <laughs> so... <clears throat> As we have done before, this film requires your undivided attention. It does. Like, there's not time. I tried stopping it and writing. No, I got to just, I just had to go with it because I had no idea where we were going. And so. And you have to read subtitles. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And so I have very little of the next couple categories Uh, for negative reheatables at the first the nurse comes in to see uh lisbeth um you know in the hospital she had on pumps she had on the the, um the pumps that made your aunt's toes look the way they look you i mean even back then nurses wore nursing shoes not pumps 
Mm, interesting. <clears throat> Unless she's playing a role. Anything anything is possible with this movie. You can say unless, and it could be true, could be not. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other negative reheatable was, um, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's where I stopped. But I have so much more to say later. Okay. So those are my negatives, other negatives. Okay. I have... The beginning, just because you need to be prepared, going there for it. Yeah, the beginning is very odd. It's yeah. very, it's very film schooly. Like it is very film schooly, and I didn't hate it. I just didn't want to eat it. Yeah, while looking at it. The, the, understood. Understood. We'll go ahead, Tina. It's a film that makes you go, why? Mm-hmm. Why? What's yeah? Mm-hmm. Sleeping in long nightgowns—that's not good. It, your knee, your legs—like mm-hmm. if you have to move your legs around, not going to work out. Mm-hmm. I used to—I used to enjoy a long nightgown. Mm-hmm. I'm not anymore. Yeah. Um. Shut up about Carl Henrik. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and just shut up. But you can't do that because she's the only one talking. <laughs> um. Alma was so bad at sweeping up glass. She did it on what purpose. Was she? Well, yeah. what was she? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one she piece. But even like, okay, piece, yeah, like... the one piece I get, she left that one piece. But the other pieces, she just looked like she had no idea how to use a broom. I know. And first of all, a broom's only going to get so much in gravel. You got to get down yeah. there with your, with your pointer and your thumb. Uh, it's the only way to get it out. Yeah. Um, and then, like, living with somebody who's not speaking, if they, like, and you know they can, like, that's just, be, that would be annoying. Don't you at one point want to just go in and slap her? Well, she does. This is at the end. She just Yeah, she gave her a slip, a slip, slap, slap, slap. A bunch. Yeah, but, man, she lasted a lot longer than I would have. <laughs> yeah. And also the doctor that was just, like, this, the doctor wasn't, like, this would be good for your treatment. The doctor was, like, I'm over you you're faking it get the fuck out of here and go i don't know why she let her live in her beach house but that's no. what i'm saying like and what? alma alma said to the head doctor i don't think i'm ready for this yeah she she just straight she sure up wasn't. was like i am yeah. not prepared for this assignment she is too much yeah uh but those were my negatives well yeah i have elizabeth well okay all of this like in, in quotes that these are two separate people <laughs> Elizabeth thought that she had to have a kid to complete the picture mm-hmm. and I'm like but what picture back and now no. picture. yeah back then that was yeah if you were married and you didn't have a kid that meant that either you were infertile or your husband was gay I know but then now you have a little person that you're responsible for. Exactly that you that you knew and that's, was yeah, not that's, in your DNA. Exactly, and that's humanity. Yeah, that's that should actually here. also be in my negatives is having kids and you don't want them. Exactly, yes. exactly. And to how, shut up that mother-in-law. Aren't you glad you don't have that mother-in-law? Yeah, I never want mine to shut up. <laughs> okay. 
careful. <laughs> what you wish for? <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. I'm the daughter and I can say it. Well, that's that is very sweet. <laughs> but in reality. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to listen to her talking about palm trees. So Oh my god, I was so in I so did, I did. It was pretty it was, it was pretty hilarious. It was a moment. She, it was she, a moment. She Moff re fell in love with the Golden State. I did. Mm. All right. This is a negative reheatable, but I will say that I do respect the commitment to the cause and the statement that it makes, but I find it to be also at the same time highly problematic, while at the same time giving a tip to the old cap because it is a, wow, you really did that. Oh, man, I guess it's about 20 years ago. There's a band called The Stars, and they start one of their songs with this famous quote that's always been stuck in my head, and it'll just always randomly come back in my head. And it's it's the, it's the actually the, the lead singer's father that says the lines. Um, looking for it. It begins, when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. And so I always think of that. And so I am alluded to it in POC uh-huh. count. We have uh-huh. Buddhist monk in 1963 in Vietnam. So to just very briefly, briefly sketching the table here. At that time, the government was seen as favoring the Roman Catholic minority. Now, at this time, France was already involved. So the government uh-huh. and all of that take what you will it was pretty much propped up and backed by the french i don't think i'm speaking out of turn here they were accused of favoring the roman catholic minority and if you wanted to get promoted if you wanted to ascend your rank in society if you wanted to make more money to support your family in this government in 1963 in vietnam they were urging and not urge i don't know Basically, Buddhists had to convert is what was going on. And so there's a Buddhist. So Buddhist monks were not happy with being treated as second class citizens caste. There's a Buddhist monk, Tik Kwan Duk. He showed up. They were having a protest and he showed up and he sat down in the lotus position. Another monk doused him with gasoline and Dick Kwan Duck set himself on fire, and that man did mm. not flinch. He didn't flinch. He was dedicated to. His he did it. He didn't cry out as he's being How burned alive. I don't. And that's, oh, yeah. that's the real. Like that's the real footage because it's very I, famous. I figured it was. Yeah. And he actually left a note to the president where he very politely asked for religious equality in Vietnam. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> and I respect, lot. I respect the, like, just you're down to it and you don't make a, a sound or anything, but just to, like, to, to go that far and to believe in something that much is... It's like the two things can be true. You can respect the game, but also, wow. But, I mean... It does make the world go, wait, what are y'all doing? Yeah. 
what's going on that you're making this this man like burn himself alive and he ain't even flinching like how what's going on here um i was 14 at the time that that was like that i had lived in you know a very secluded midwestern mid average economic status household and that blew me away it has to be like what in the yeah. world um so a few months later, the Vietnamese president, he would be assassinated and overthrown. And mm. again, as I mentioned, so that was three years earlier, 66, you already, you mentioned, I mentioned it about LBJ, how he's like, we are substantially increasing troops to Vietnam. All of that escalates. Basically, I blame the French. Look at it. It's, you, always, their, it's always their fault. Uh-huh. I say the the glass scene. It was so suspenseful, and it was probably there's I, there's so many disturbing images and things from this movie. But to me personally, this glass scene was the most disturbing because my beloved second grade teacher went to the beach and cut her foot on glass, and it got infected very badly. And it's always been drilled into my head. Shout out to Mrs. Gray. Oh. That is why I am never comfortable wearing bare feet. It is a rough world out there. And when she just put the glass out there, I was in, I was curled yeah. up in a ball. I couldn't, it was driving me nuts. Then she, when, like we mentioned it earlier, how she was just sucked at the gravel. She's just out there in bare feet, like picking up the glass. Exactly. Yeah, was, what, I couldn't, yeah, I yes. was just, oh, that was I problematic. Was, that was. All the things. That's like, that's what broke you, Aaron? Yes, that's what broke me. Bare feet and glass. Honestly, a gravel. I have tender feet. These are these things that she is tender footed. It's venison. It's so tense, so tender. My feet are very tender. Why is Elizabeth just spilling all of Alma's business to the doctor in the letter? And why didn't she make sure that the envelope was sealed? Yeah, with my new wax seal. So that you can't fake that shit. That's or right. did she write the letter herself because she really wanted help and she was like, I need to go to therapy for this. So I'm going to write the letter to the doctor and I'm just, this is my way of getting it out there. Or there isn't a doctor and these are all the same people and this is all a oh play of God. what's inside people's minds. Oh, I don't know. It I don't attest. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that one, but um, it could all be true. I'm I I'm on a different tangent with it. Those are my negative reheatables. So now we're to positive reheatables. <clears throat> and if you heard my last negative reheatables, my last negative is my positive. What the fuck? I know it's just a positive. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck? It's a, what we the keep fuck watching to see what's gonna happen now. I was riveted. Yeah. Yeah. I was too. And that uh, it was a perfect setting. I mean, we were on the Adriatic Sea spring break of 92. And you guys had to wear your winter coats with sweatpants pulled up to your knees because you had to get in the water. It was spring break. The Baltic Sea is north of that. <laughs> yes, so it, it was cold. And and brutal weather 
and it was and it was in black and white and the rough uh, edges of the rocks and the, yeah okay do you know that in so I looked it up because I was all like, why does the like why wouldn't the doctor want to stay in her beach house in the summer? Because summer is would be so precious, I'm imagining. Yes. The hottest three months. Well, the the sun, that's the thing. The sun in the summertime, I think they get maybe a sliver of darkness. And if you're depending on how far north you right, are, but right. the days in the summertime are very long. The hottest month in Sweden is July where it averages 64. See, I could have been a Swede. Well, that's I never so would have met your poppy and it never would have happened, but yeah, that's as yeah. hot as I needed to get. Well, is it my turn? Are you done with your? No, you're. it's you, Ma. Are I am done? done. Mine was what the fuck. Oh. Teeny. Oh, that's your only positive. No, um, I have more, but you can go ahead. Oh, wait, you already did your... I'm confused, too. Go, Teeny. I'll go after you. Okay. Swedish spellings and names I enjoy. The double S. Um, Sven. Well, I guess uh, you man. have a real thing for Sven. Sven, yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I think Ooh, I saw yeah. a picture of him somewhere. Let's find it. Me and him. It was probably, the deal sealer was, what's your middle name, Steven? <gasps> yeah. Ben? <laughs> yeah. He was like my first friend. Let's get out of here. Um, the eyeliner, Alma's eyeliner. I think they do uh-huh. a very nice makeup, like natural makeup. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I also have a negative as a positive, nightgowns. I enjoy a nightgown. I like their nightgowns a lot, but I just don't want to sleep in them. And that's why I don't, I had a nightgown for a little while, like a slip dress thing I was wearing. But then it was like, okay, so I wear my work outfit. Then I go to the gym and I come home, take my shower. And then I put on my nightgown, but then I have to change again to get into bed. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Because I can't sleep in a nightgown. Mm. And then I liked that it showed them packing up the cottage at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you don't ever see that in movies. Like, when they go out of town to the summer house and they leave, it's just like, all right, see you next year. And they leave all the shit out. But she was, mm-hmm. like, cleaning up the pillows. But and did you notice that you saw Elizabeth, she packs the suitcase. And then mm-hmm. you see Alma bringing the, everything in. Mm-hmm. And then that's the last time that you really, the last, then the last time that you see Elizabeth as the actress is when it's in the reflection of the camera crew with what's his name Bergman and the real cinematographer. But you never see Elizabeth leave the house. You only see Alma in the bag that we saw Elizabeth packing her. Oh, I didn't pay attention to that detail. But that's why it's everything could be contradicted and everything could be. Yeah, but I had to rewatch that again because I was like, wait a second, we never. It's so you can say, oh, she went back to becoming an actress and that's what that is. Or it's the filmmaker putting a lens to it because, like, I'll get to it, what Ebert says at the beginning of the film is. Right, right. Right. And then she, like, leaves. 
So I think they were the same person. I'm kind of in the, I think that they were the same person, that it's a meditation on what it is to be a human being. Are you that voice that is inside your head? Oh God, I hope not. Oh. Yeah, because y'all are in for it. Um, and then I liked the, uh, well, I liked their bathing suits. Um, and then I'll save this one for my M. VP. Right. I really, I'm a big fan of Swedish bedding. There, I but, like the. Okay, but a lot of the, uh, the podcasts I, I listened to said, can't the boy have a decent size sheet? No. I mean, there's you, nothing worse than a sheet that's too short. Mm. Just, well, I don't know. We I'm don't short. have to yeah. worry about it. Yeah. I, so. Or I just sleep in a in a nice ball. I ball up nobody, like a little doll. Nobody in our family has to worry about it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you. So it's your fault. <laughs> I'm yeah. not allowed to tuck the bedding in at the foot of the bed. Oh, oh I no, like that, that tuck. No, the, he did not get that from me. Mm-hmm. I tucked it in every week when I changed his sheet. Mm-hmm. He probably untucked it in a fit of blasphemy on his mother but i tucked it in every week mm-hmm. well teeny he did not use a top sheet for years and mm. i said i'm gonna know when he's serious about somebody when he starts using a top sheet again mm. yeah i don't use a top sheet i only use a top sheet in the summertime i i find it to be a swedish again swedish bedding yeah but you gotta then you gotta wash the the duvet cover a lot yeah, well, and, yeah, see, you know, there's that. Okay, we'll, we'll see. The sweat, it's gravity. The sweat goes down, so it's really the finish. <laughs> I'm gonna stop it talking is. right now. Uh, no, I get that, but there's still okay. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but okay. Um, I just, man, remember because I was the one that busted out the feather comforter that you were like, mm-hmm. you had gotten from Europe and then I loved it. And so I've always been that, but now I'm in California. And so then I had to, to, I've made my own basically using two layers, but to create the single Swedish layer. I ideally, if I could find a nice, super lightweight thing, but I, you know, I run hot and all of this stuff. But so right now my situation, it doesn't. It's not the most visually appealing, but it works for me. You're going to run a lot hotter in the years to come. Oh, yeah. It's going to be. <laughs> the night off. sweats. I can't wait for the night sweats. But I'm so used to night sweating already that yeah. it's it's just going to like, I just sweat. And I'm like, this is a pool of wetness. And, yeah. and I just go back to sleep. Speak- yeah, okay. Um, now I was just like, is this movie about the ego? And so if they, and so then I was thinking about that and it's the, you know, everybody has the voice inside their head, but it's like, are you that voice inside your head? And you're like, no. So then you're like, but then what is that voice inside your head? And then who are you? Are you, but if you know that you're not the voice inside of your head, then that, it's that weird thing. And then also like when they cut open our brains, where are our thoughts? There's no place where you could actually find and go like, oh, there's a thought. There's a thought. So my palm tree. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's there. But where is it? It's in the brain. 
So I kind of feel like like this movie kind of got into that part of my brain of the whole like question of who are we and very sort mm-hmm. of philosophical. Mm-hmm. Um, I we already mentioned it when Alma tells the doctor that she isn't mentally strong enough to handle this assignment. Mm-hmm. Also, like the doctor that we mentioned, go stay at my summer beach house. What are you doing, doctor? That you're not staying in your summer beach house. Was it working. summer? Oh, it it's, had to be. It was for summer. Them to be in bathing suits, yeah. I guess so. And then I was like, wait, is this also part of the Swedish healthcare system, or is this nurse? Or I'm not nurse. Is this doctor like one of those like, you know, because Elizabeth's a famous stage actress. So is this a yeah a famous doctor, or is this doctor not even real? You know, like, uh, it's just, again, it's everything. Um, Props that it was a female doctor. Yes. Treating a female because she was all the same person. You see? Could be. Well, there's that. I like the I like the Bizarro intro. You got the penis. You got the nail in the hand. You got the the sheep dying, which is actually from... The Sheep Dying is from a film. It's actually from a Louis Brunel film. His famous Un Chien and the Lou, the 1929 film. Why is that film famous? There's a Pixie song, Debaser. Slicing up eyeballs, I want you to know. Because there's a famous scene in Un Chien and the Lou where a razor blade goes across an eyeball. No. Yes, and that's no. why it's so famous because everybody's like, "Oh my god!" So that the sheep is from the same Louis Brunel film, Un Chien and the Loup, with this famous eyeball slicing scene that was referenced in a very famous Pixie song. Mm. It's it's all coming together. Um, I like how only Bergman really knows what it means. He made the film for himself while he was recovering from a pneumonia. He says that this film saved his life. He didn't care how it did commercially. He said that he would rather it be felt than understood. Um, He said, and so I, because if you go to film school, you're going to see this and you're going to be like, I can do this. It's just images and all of that. Every film student tries their hand in it. Hence, I made a film called Johnny Got Gangrene. And guess what? I'm here with you all. I am not... A Bergman. Somehow he just makes it work in this way where I'm like, God damn it. It makes it look easy. Yeah. And but it but it makes it look easy that there's so many bad attempts. There's so many mm, people sure. just being there's a great quote I have later about being pretentious. And I'm just like, I did like this is why he is who he is. Sometimes you we and we fall into this when we do this. Like, yeah, I get it. Igmar. This is why he is who he is. Sometimes we're like, Igmar, huh? That's what it is. But in this case, I get it. There's the weird. Okay, this is like just me. When they were drive, when she was driving with the letter, she reads the letter. Did you notice the weird seatbelt that was just the loop that was on mm-hmm. the side? I didn't notice it. I did because I was like, what the fuck is that? And it was just there and. I wouldn't even call it a seatbelt. I'd call it a weird suggestion of a seatbelt. Well, when did seatbelts first come in? Interestingly enough, the three-point seatbelt was a Swedish invention. It was. 
1959, Volvo. 1959. I wonder when it came to American cars. Well, Volvo came out with it, and then get this. Volvo gifted it to the world. They let other cars... They didn't ask for extra money for everybody to use it. This is saving lives. I'm giving it... And that's in the Swedish. I I guess it goes... Not sharing people. No, I think it's the... I don't know. I, I what I'm hearing is that Sweden just like they get to just play fast and loose with rule. I'm sure there's Swedish uh, who's like, no, these are the rules and it makes sense to them. Yeah. But to me, with I feel like a lot of I feel like there's a lot of Swedish blood that dripped down into that French yeah. and German yeah. that's in me. Uh, it kind of feels a little haphazard of they just decide, but. Yeah. You know, that's just yeah. an outsider looking in. I'm sure yeah. that they have their own, like, oh, no, it's that. Because they also have this, like, culture of um, not talking about themselves. And it, yeah. but yet. That's still German. Swedish. Swedish German, very similar. But the Swedes, man, know how to write killer pop songs. Killer. But, I mean, there's just a little bit of water in between northern Germany and southern Sweden. And you got the fjords there. So, yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we're, there's so much history, and that's what I got alluded to. You know, the Vikings, they're going back. That's why it's just, it's all there. That's why we have it in us. It's, they're, you know, they're making their, you know, they just. Okay. So spreading that you, seed Are everywhere. you done with your positives? Those are my positives. Okay, so. I looked up this quote because I did listen to three different podcasts. This was a gift this week. um, Christine was so busy with work. We couldn't do it last week. So I had an extra week and um, I'm working on Christmas cards. So I'm in my room, you know, and I listened to three different podcasts, which is very unusual for me, but um, I really enjoyed each one of them. So this is one of the quotes, words of quotes, quotables. This is the top, no, this is the doctor talking to Elizabeth. I understand all right, the hopeless dream of being, not seeming, but being. Mm. At every waking moment alert, the gulf between what you are with others and what you are alone, the vertigo and the constant hunger to be exposed to be seen through, perhaps even wiped out. Every infection, inflection, and infection, and every gesture a lie, every smile a grimace. Suicide? No, too vulgar. But you can refuse to move, refuse to talk, so that you don't have to lie. You can shut yourself in, then you don't need to play any parts or make wrong gestures, or so you thought. But reality is diabolical. Mm. Your hiding place isn't watertight. Life trickles in from the outside and you're forced to react. No one asks if it is true or false, if you're genuine or just a sham. Such, wait, I have to do it. Such things matter only in the theater and hardly there ever. I understand why you don't speak, why you don't move, why you don't create a part for yourself out of apathy. I understand, I admire. 
you should go on with this part until it's played out, until it loses interest for you. Then you can leave it just as you've left your other parts one by one. Mm. So that's pretty much what I think the film is about. Her um, yeah. realizing, is this all there is? I'm out here speaking somebody else's words. I'm not living in truth. So I'm just going to choose to not talk anymore. Then at least I won't be telling lies anymore. Yeah. But then her identity becomes the person who is no longer speaking and no longer talking. Like she thinks that that's the solution. Right. And then that's, and then the movie, that's what she's saying is that it's it's not. And that's her new role. And then her, yeah, and then her quote, because she always wants, at the end, she wants her to say yes. nothing. She wants her to say nothing. But really, what is nothing? It's no thing. That's why <laughs> I listened to an interesting podcast, like it's a philosophical podcast and stuff, and it was saying, somebody was like, oh, who are you? Like, what do you do? Or like, who are you? And the person was like, they have to say like, oh, I'm a writer because that's the convention. But really, who am I? See, because they really want to say nobody. But right. they're, but they don't. But people be like, oh, you're no, oh. But it's not, it's not nobody. It's no body. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't born, and I'm not going to die. I am just here right now in this form. But that's like that would break people's brains. So uh-huh. he can't say nobody. Or he has to just say, I'm a writer. <laughs> and just right, leave it at exactly. that. But the I'm truth is, I'm nobody. The truth is, no thing. I'm not, no thing. That's like, no thing. Yeah. The, and, but the thing is, it, it gets into, it, yeah, and it gets into these descriptions. And the only thing that we have to, to communicate with that is language. And so you, there are words, and there's all these different words and all these different languages. But one of the great things. That the human lang- that the English language has, which doesn't have a lot, but uh, what are you? Well, I'm a human being. I'm not like that's a great if you really break down what that phrase is. It's like you are Whoa. a human who is just and I am being. being. Yeah, that is that is what you are. And there, mm. like you have to if you get more into that and practice it, a lot of things kind of melt away. But it. It's hard because life seeps into everything and you are forced to react. But if you can can arm yourself and have a toolkit where you can better say, like, oh, wait a second. And, like, this awareness of, like, oh, who is this? Like, this, what? It, it's just interesting. So that, I, I really, like, kicked off on when, like, that whole thing, too. I thought it was very interesting. Okay. Other reheatables? Or quotes, right? I only wrote down one because I thought it was kind of funny. She, it was, she was silent for over a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because after a while you say, oh, honey, just shut up. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, can't you just be in silence? In in silence. Like that's, I mean, that's always like how you know you're comfortable with somebody if you could just sit in silence. Yes. Yes. In my opinion. But sometimes totally that, agree. like I know that that happens to me, where 
it's kind like not what she's saying, but just that of um if I start spinning out about something, it's not an actual person and I'm quiet, but it's my brain that won't, sh- that does oh, what yeah. she's doing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. no I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it all together. You're not going to get to me. Ah, 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 ah. And then, like, cause that's all yeah. what the nurse was doing was like, nope, you're not going to get. And then she was like, oh, no, you hurt me. And then she goes running after. And there's been, like, I yeah. kind of, when I looked at it as that of like, the the mental voice that you know the story that everybody tells themselves and stuff and that voice in your head that is just going like oh blah, 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 and just getting used to just turning the volume down on that yeah. so it's okay as not- a teacher we had to you had to learn not to have verbal diarrhea you know to just say if you're with with a child who's confrontational just the facts, ma'am, you know, just the facts and then be quiet. Teachers so often have the verbal diarrhea of going through everything that's happened and just the facts and then be quiet. And speaking of teachers, shout out to Blair because she is the one who recommended this movie to me. Yes, she did. Shout out to Blair, man. More recommendations. I'm loving this. We should have her on our podcast sometime. If she wants to open invitation. Guest. Guest host. Mm. Yes. I have. um, Don't misunderstand me. You're much prettier. But we are alike in a way. I think I could turn myself into you. If I made a real effort. I mean inside. I could turn yourself into me. Just like that. Although your soul would be much too big. It would stick out everywhere. Oh, yeah. 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 There's so much going on in this movie. There is. Nobody can ever come up with a definitive answer because he left it up to everybody's. Oh, and this was a wild movie to watch. I watched it Mother's Day weekend, and I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is wild. Yeah, there's a lot of, you've got a lot of mother shit to go through. Awkward. (laughs) so now we're to lvp and my lvp is gonna be uh the what the fuck factor as well as my mvp is the what the fuck factor because things can be true i love it you just keep watching to go and it 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 just stops the movie just stops and you go wait I, i i was getting into it give me a little more you know, so that's my LVP. Mine's kind of the same, except you put it in a nicer way to yourself because I wrote me for being a dumb dumb. But I think it's, but it's just the what the fuck factor. I'll replace yeah. that. <laughs> that was the gift of listening. Of me for to, being a dumb dumb. Is no, to, the, the other podcasters are, are in the same place. Yeah. You know, nobody is saying, oh, I got yeah, it. people are like, oh, I watched this movie multiple times to analyze it. Yeah, exactly. Which, good for you, never gonna be exactly. Me. And what did what did I get out of it? Well, I this is an idea, but and then I heard somebody else's idea. So it's kind of like a community thing where you just come together and hear everybody's ideas and go out with, well, that was interesting. It's like a 
it's like a Reddit true crime thread of like John Benet Ramsey or some case, yeah, you know, that exactly. hasn't been solved and everybody has their different theories yeah, going yeah. on. Well, um, I have two honorable mentions. One is translation because none of us speak Swedish. So we're relying on whoever translated the Swedish. Yes, so exactly. there's also different language nuances that, you know, we're reading these lines and maybe there's somebody else probably would, you know, a Swedish speaker is probably watching that and be like, mm, that's kind of like, that is what the line is, but it's kind, it's more closer to this. Cause yeah, I know yeah. like, when I used to work in the office, there would be things in Spanish where I would be like, what is this? And they'd be like, well, there really isn't a direct translation mm -hmm. in English. So the meaning, it's kind of like, this is what the meaning is. But in Spanish, it, because of the language, it kind of is this different thing, which we've mm -hmm. kind of talked about another podcast about how different languages that um, it imprints in how to your brain actually reacts and processes different things so because of how the structure of language is and the limitations of language that's why the like this film basically that, that's why it keeps going because it's about feeling and you're trying to trying to describe something that is beyond language and words mm -hmm. and how it, it falters in that and so it's like you can't really it be careful if you're identifying too much with words because they're just words trying to describe things. Like, how do you describe right. the vastness of the galaxy? You know, right. of the vastness of space. You know, what the web telescope is out there showing us. How do you put that into words? It's interesting. My second honorable mention is right there with you, Teeny. High five. It's me. All of my questions. Why is she spilling the tea? Why does the doctor let their stay there? Why does the husband sleep with the nurse? Is it because they're all the same person? That's what made me think there was. That's what solidified it for me. Right? Or is that a dream? I don't know. Because I watched exactly. it again, and it, exactly. it could be a dream. Well, don't know. Exactly. And it's I, I and then it's also just like life. Like every time you think that you figured it out, it's a you thought. In that, the you truth. know, it's just like, that's the truth. Oh, man, <laughs> but my real MVP oh. is the man, the motherfucker, who said to Elizabeth at that party, Elizabeth, you virtually have all of the things that a woman wants in an artist, but you lack motherliness. What Ooh. gives you the right? That guy at the party who basically told her, like, oh, you have everything, but you're not a mom. Mm. And, and he said, because they used the pronoun, he like, it wasn't another woman. It was a man. So that motherfucker that told another woman, oh, you have everything, but you're not a mom. Fuck you. Mm. Unbelievable. Fuck that guy. And this was before Roe v. Wade, where you could get, well, where where in this country you could get a legal abortion. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know the, the stance on Sweden, like what they're dealing with. Okay, MVP, mine is B.B. Anderson? 
Mm-hmm. Um, because she had to carry the movie. I mean, she, everybody talks about Liv Ullman and how amazing she is. She was great. She had to portray a lot with just her body and her yeah. eyes and expression. But Bibi had to carry the entire movie. I was blown away by her. I was just like, damn. Yeah. She was fantastic. She took the script and changed some of it to sound more like a woman talking to another woman. Well, the orgy scene. <laughs> she was like, well, there's that. Okay, so focus. Mm, sidebar. An orgy is she had sex with two two dudes. That's an orgy? Well, no, because there was like four people involved. But but one girl was doing one dude, then they just switched dudes. No. Th- no. No? Okay. The- <laughs> that's what I re- that's what I took from it. Yeah, you might want to go back and reread it. There Okay. You know, there were hands that went places that did okay. things to other female so, that you're so like, nah, the, we're in orgy territory now. The, the four of them were together at, at one Yeah. Time. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I Look thought at you. Was... Orgy police over here, Ma. <laughs> but I had heard that on, you know, the other podcasts I listened to. So I was like, is that really an orgy? Okay. Were you dis- people at one time. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's only four people. Ma, clutch the pearls. <laughs> No, no, my thing was, I thought he finished with her, then then the two dudes just switched places. That did not constitute an orgy for me, but okay. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Thank you. I'm also getting a glimpse into your past. Um, <laughs> Only four. <laughs> light work, light work. Is it my turn? Please. <laughs> It was the mescaline. Um, <laughs> so, have you all ever heard of the word huga? H y g g e. No. And you pronounce it huga? No. Um, so this is a this is a uh, Denmark. So I've. Huga is like, it's difficult to explain, but it's about taking with, taking time away from the daily rush to be together with people you care about or even by yourself to relax and enjoy life's quieter pleasures. There's also like a whole big, um, like Huga fashion. It's just like cozy. You got cozy sweaters on. Ooh. I think yeah. I live the Huga so lifestyle. Like, and I was got confused because I thought it was Swedish, but it's actually from Denmark, but I found an article and it's called is Misa M-Y-S-A the next Huga Um, and it is basically Huga the Swedish way so it's these people said as a Swede it's kind of funny to see how Huga all of a sudden seemingly out of nowhere took off and became the new hot Scandinavian thing but now that we all know how to Huga what's next so there's Misa means, it translates to English as cozy, but it involves being relaxed, taking time out from stress and musts, 
spending time with friends and being in the moment, enjoying it with all of your senses. The moment is whatever you enjoy. And this of course is very individual, but there are many situations that most of us would agree are misiga cozy. A good example is sitting in front of a wood-burning fireplace with a cup of hot chocolate on a dark winter afternoon. You have visual, the fire steam from the cocoa, the scent, the sound, um, the taste, the feel. So misigt, M-Y-S-I-G-T. I'm butchering this, but um, so there's like three things. Misa is to be cozy. Mis is coziness and misig, misig is a cozy environment. Um, so there's also this thing called a free dog's niece, free dog's niece. And this is an example. This is an established thing in Sweden and describes spending, spending a Friday or free dog night at home, chilling out after a long week, preferably on the couch in comfy clothes, the favorite movie, beverage, food, lit candles, a cuddly blanket and other family members. Yes. Uh-huh. Another example is balcongmies, relaxing on your balcony or your balcon that you've decorated to feel like a cozy indoor room and a comfortable chair in the sun with your favorite beverage and a good friend or family member or by yourself with a book or a magazine. That was me with the palm tree and Aaron. Uh-huh. I think that's us at the beach. I yeah. Mean, honestly, yeah. that's me pretty much most of the time here. Well, you do live in California. <laughs> but like um, the beach especially yeah yeah miss um, uh, figa is a coffee break um a figa is a coffee break so a miss a miss figa in the colder months you and your friend out shopping you decide to stop for a figa or coffee and you go in from the freezing cold to a small cafe with old worn wood floors mm-hmm. there's lit candles um and then the missing interior design is warm, welcoming, comfortable, relaxing, a place where you can um, escape the everyday hustle. I love Swedish design. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, you could do it for your pets. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah. Um, uh, missing it in different seasons. So colder months, it's anything warm and cozy, cuddly, candlelit, mm-hmm. comfortable. And summer, it involves taking advantage of all the daylight. Well, this says the 20 plus hours of daylight. In Sweden. Mm-hmm. And rare warm nights, a several hours long dinner outside with a group of friends on the dock of your summer house while the warmth lingers and nobody wants to leave would most definitely be a missy summer evening. Mm. You can also spend the day or evening on the beach. Uh, this is called a, a strandmis, an evening beach party with a bonfire. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, the most missigast, coziest time of the year is considered December, obviously as with anywhere else but the um it's this and huga the fashion is just like uh, the the interior design the fashion is like what i what is the fashion is it just what we wear comfy it's comfy cozy but also like it's denmark so it's like also uh like they have a way to dress it up you know like I'm not interested like, in dressing it up. I'm well, just... not dressing it up. It's still like, but yeah, it's cozy, but like big layers and like sweaters and things like that. Okay. I finally have a, uh, I finally have a name for my style. Huga or Misa. 
<laughs> yeah, my lifestyle, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. Although, they careful, should... we don't want to identify too much with it. The, the oh, no. actual form. <laughs> oh, Oversized. To, it's a, it's, okay, here's some tips on how to dress like the Danish. Um, tone it down. <laughs> soft neutrals. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mauve, oatmeal, beige, cream. Soft. Always soft. And you know I love a soft pant. I don't mm-hmm. like hard pants. I love a soft mm-hmm. pants. I love a soft Feels pant. good against your skin. Mm-hmm. Opt oversized rather than undersized. Hello. Mm. Yeah. When in doubt, never go for something that's too tight. Amen. Uh-huh. Oh, but sometimes I do enjoy compression. Because it's it's good for the body. It's like a hose, yeah. like a weighted blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um. And then this just says coordination. Look, put together and coordinated. Oh, helps you create the feeling of calmness and harmony. Mm. Yeah. Hey, so that's my, my that's my MVP. That's that's a great MVP. I like that. That is outstanding. And they were really Huga Misa in that cottage. My yes. only, my, or I'm sorry, my runner up was having a cottage by the sea where I could just escape to for it when they yeah. were like, oh, I'm, I kind of miss the city. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Man. My MVP is the famous scene where the frame where their face is molded into yeah. one. Yeah. And just how it matched up and stuff. And and he kind of, because Liv Ullman and B.B. Anderson were friends and Bergman ran into them on the street and he was kind of like, oh, y'all are friends? And I forget, one of, I think he was kind of romantically entangled with, was it B.B. Anderson? And she was friends with Liv Ullman. And one of them was kind of like, yeah, he kind of wanted to get inside of our friendship and he kind of saw them mm-hmm. resembling each other so you know there's also kind of who knows what weirdness is going on in that man's brain with that but it gives you that super creepy frame and i read how when both actresses saw it they all they both thought that it they thought it was super creepy and sometimes they thought that it was the other one and it was just crazy how it just intertwined and this is a quote from bergman he said quote the human face is the great subject of cinema. Everything is there. And then my honorable mention is just the film of just, it just, it's just mind for like, we can just talk about it for hours. Cause it's everything. Exactly. Exactly. So I did not do a recasting. I didn't do a recasting because I, so I listed a bunch of movies that this is similar to. I haven't seen Mulholland Drive, but it com- it came up as being. You haven't seen it? I no. know. I've, I mean, I haven't either, but yeah, I heard this is similar. Yeah. So we definitely have to see it. Fight Club, specifically the dick being sliced in yeah. with it, but also like Tyler Durden and the whole story of it. It's kind of like, is that a male persona film? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Swan and mm-hmm. Melancholia are also named. So it's not like you have to. And also, B.B. Anderson reminded me a lot of Jessica Chastain. 
I'm just like, oh, I bet. Okay. I bet she's a big, and she was in with Oscar. She started with Oscar Isaac in Scenes from a Marriage, yes, which is a remake of a television show that Bergman had done. So I'm sure that she was highly influenced. I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm seeing. Yeah. I, uh, I got your peg there, Chastain. I'm, I get it. Okay, so we are to Tasties. I have Ingmar Bergman fell in love with Liv Ullman making this film. They had a long affair. They, I have to say, now, Europeans, they tend to overall broadly get a bad rap for having no lips. But there was a lot of lippage on display here. So I'm kind of like, yeah. Oh, are the Swedes? No. But then Liv Ullman's Norwegian. So I'm like, oh, there is lippage going on. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, because you only have 2%. Or no, you have none. <laughs> maybe this is, maybe Poppy's lip. I got, it's the Swede. It's the Swedish mixed with the African. It gave me these delightful babies. Maybe it is. I think it has a lot to do with the African. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, the boys on the beach from, okay, first, second, third-ish. I have to go to the name Alma because that was oh. my aunt's name. And so right away I had. Uh, Did your eyes started twitching? Yeah, it was a negative connotation. So um, she was an aunt because she was white who uh, never married and... um, Oh, hey. But, no, but, but, it's hard. I'll be backtracking now. Well, wait, let me jump in. Tag team. (laughs) Let me get out the ring. She was not the most warmest, kindest, gentlest of a soul. She was very... Exacting, very German, very, very, sorry, ma, very no lips, very, very very high no lip energy. But you're very warm, ma. So when I say no lip energy, this, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. She, yeah. Uh, um, And she and, and my grandmother lived with us in an apartment over the garage. It was a lovely apartment. It was awesome. It was, um, but there was so much family dynamic going on. She, okay, wait. So, if I may, Ma, again, tag team name. Please do. So, she was my, the sister to my grandmother. My mom's mom. Yeah, the older sister. When When I was a little kid, we would go visit, and every day you would go up to her apartment, and there was a drawer. And you would open up the drawer and there was, she didn't, when I know her, she didn't smoke. So, but it was like kind of like an ashtray and that's where the, the yum yum fairy would leave a yum yum for you every day. And this is, this is is in the eighties. So it's me and my brother and you would go up every day. You would go to see what the yum yum fairy left you and you would open it up and there would be two M&Ms. One M and a single M and M for me, and a single M M&M and M for my brother. Not peanut M M&M, and M, a single 
chocolate M&M. And that's what the Yum Yum Fairy gave. And it was the highlight of the... Like, I was legitimately happy until years later where I was like, what the fuck? A single... <laughs> a single M&M? And it was total manipulation because it got you up in her apartment so that she could have some one-on-one time with you. But the only way yeah. you were going up to that apartment was if you were getting at least one drop of an M&M. And you would read, like, and I remember being like, this, uh, like, it was weird because I didn't want to stay up there, but I remember, the, like, this was a cool, like, living, like, my little, little Aaron brain mm. was like, hats off this is a cool living array i like the whole littleness of the setup and it's yeah. everything that you need in this like little space but i also was just like wanted to get back downstairs to my grandma but she would um she would read us like i remember she read us winnie the pooh or at least me like winnie the pooh and it, that was like fun and the yum yum like it was fun good times but there was also <laughs> like an under my whole Such childhood, an undercurrent, an yeah. undercurrent of weirdness. <laughs> but I, I feel like that's everybody's childhood is just an undercurrent yeah. of weirdness because of the history of human beings and some that's people true. who probably like didn't want kids but had to have kids for whatever societal norms or whatever. And there's always that weird undercurrent in families. And so there was that undercurrent. She loved being mistaken for your grandmother. Wait, she I... loved being mistaken for... They didn't look anything alike. No, but but like if, if we were out, like if I picked her up from the airport and we were at McDonald's and people would go, oh, that's your grandchild. And she would go, yeah. And I... Okay, so... She was also born August 12th, and that makes her in the same week as me, so there was strong Leo energy going on <laughs> true strong leo energy so, you can tell that the name alma right away just did not oh do i i wrote that me. down i was like oh ma's gonna hate this um okay i have I, there's one other name above this that she would hit on more than <laughs> so we're moving on the word persona is derived from Latin for mask. Mm -hmm. uh, alma is Spanish for soul. <laughs> Doesn't say what kind. Um, okay, this is an example of open-ended mind screw where the creator refuses to explain. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I listened to Criterion Cast episode 194 about this um, in session film where they did The Lighthouse, the uh, episode 349 with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yes, I haven't oh. seen that. Yeah, and they're stuck in a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. It sounds mm -hmm. really good. And then, I, yeah, okay, interesting. They did this film and then Persona, and it was very Gone with the Bushes-esque, where they had no idea what a great pairing they had made until they mm. actually watched the film. So that was really good. And then um, I started listening to Very Bad Wizards, The Hopeless Dream of Being, um, and... Uh, then I ran out of time. So 
some things I picked up. One of the people in one of these podcasts said the boy at the beginning he felt was Ingmar Bergman mm. trying to find his uh. way. Uh, I always felt like it was her son trying to connect with her. Yeah, but maybe that was Ingmar Bergman trying exactly. to connect with his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and she realized her life is not truth, just like acting isn't the truth, and that's why she shut up. My thinking after listening to these was, oh, the husband was blind because he didn't see oh. all of her needs. That's why when he comes and takes off yeah. his sunglasses, he's blind. So he doesn't know the difference between the two. I just thought he was like cool, older Swedish mm-hmm. man. But that makes, that does make sense. Damn, Igmar! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I could be totally off the mark, but yeah. Um, one woman on one of the podcasts was mad that it pits women against each other. But but not if you're against yourself yeah there you go there you go um so this was very bad wizards this was at the beginning it said what happens when the roles we play as parents spouses friends and colleagues start to feel like dishonest performances an endless series of desperate lies can we escape to an inner sanctum of truth and authenticity or is it or is it that putting on another mask, playing yet another part, telling a different sort of lie? Mm. Yeah, it's the stories we tell e- ourselves. Mm-hmm. The stories we tell ourselves as well as others, but the ones we tell ourselves that we're living with. Well, we tell other people these stories, but then we also tell ourselves stories. And the stories that we tell ourselves is very revealing and people get stuck in that and it weighs them down like an anchor because Mm -hmm. we're it's the stories we tell ourselves and we're all wired differently so Mm -hmm. the like whatever you need to to realize that it's like some some people just their brains are chemically such that they need help they need an outside influence to rebalance things and Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that and some people it's it's just like what clicks in your brain that does that Mm -hmm. but but that's also why it's very it's important because the the stories that we tell ourselves that's movies and the stories Mm -hmm. and then it's and it's who tells the stories and those get passed down in the history so then that's why in the regeneration was so cool because there were all these stories that black people were telling about themselves and they were going around on the train routes and being passed off but the story in 2023 when you hear about it you don't hear those stories so it it, it's a diminishment you know and it's it's the same with all of the ethnic minorities that made up this country you don't hear about the indigenous stories Mm -hmm. you don't hear about the asian american stories those are all left out and the stories that we tell are on you know your casablanca's your citizen canes and those get woven down and the the subliminal messages of those stories is that these are these people and this is what matters and this is right, what's this true is what and matters. you're not in it right. and because you're not in it it doesn't te- because it all goes back into not wanting to teach the playbook 
because we can't include that because that's part of the playbook and we're going to need the playbook later. Right. Okay, other tasties. Teeny, did you have any? I didn't have any. Man, but you nailed it with the, I mean, basically, I had no idea that I had a yep. whole lifestyle. Living in Lisa lifestyle. So Bergman said of the film, quote, today I feel that persona, and later he had another film called Cries and Whispers, I had gone as far as I could go, and that in a sense, these two instances, when working in total freedom, I touched wordless secrets that only the cinema can discover. Mm. Because I think that's because remember I the part about the language in the Swedish, those are like the words and they're important, but they're up to the translator. It's more of the feeling, and that crosses translation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it can go out and anybody can see it and identify with it. Mm -hmm. Um Bergman is uncredited as the narrator. That's him. Oh. When he, oh. <laughs> The famous scene where Elizabeth is talking about motherhood, that was shot with two cameras, and it was originally supposed to be intercut, but Bergman thought that each angle communicated something important and used them both entirely. Yeah, that freaked me out, because I was mm -hmm. like, wait, wait did, we did just I hear this? rewind? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, me too. I paused it for something, and then I was like, did I actually rewind it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, have you ever listened to a podcast and... The person editing it made a mistake. I mean, I'm sure it's happened on this podcast, and they made a mistake, and you like rehear something that you already yeah. heard, and you're like, "Wait a second, is that me?" It was, it's, yeah, it's like that. I I did for mention forget to mention in my positives that I really enjoyed the cinematography. Beautiful. Yes. yes it was. Oh my gosh! Yes. Like I remember, it's funny of all those scenes at the beginning, you know, the montages and stuff, but the close up of the tree bark. And then mm -hmm. it, when it went to the trees, I was just like, this is glorious. And it's mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why film students are just like, oh, it's a beautiful, you know. But there's yeah. this has substance behind it, whereas the knockoffs don't. It's right. hilarious. Because right. it looks um, like it's so easy. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Okay, Carl Jung's theory of persona. Not the film, but the, like... Persona, the word. Persona, right. An external entity separate from the soul. Oh. Right? Another word for it might be the ego. Yeah. It might be the voice inside your head. That kind of thing where you're like, wait a second. That differentiating. Mm -hmm. uh, an interesting thing is like you can do breathing exercises or you can just close your eyes and feel your hand. And that force that is that you feel of, of like how do you know that if you can't see if you close your eyes and you can't see that your hand how do you know that your hand is there and you'll feel mm -hmm. a sense of livingness and aliveness maybe a tingling or something and it's it's that like hang on to that if you if you can't just a little introductory kind of of the woo-ness woo-woo-ness sorry i'll dial it back um the the way i already mentioned the sheep in the U.S. and the U.K., they censored the penis, the orgy monologue, and really because orgy monologue is very important. I it, felt yeah, but until 2001, it was in the U.S. and the U.K. They didn't want 
Especially like she she got pregnant and she she had an abortion. Yeah. So that was um censorship until around two thousand one. This was Sweden's entry for best foreign language film to the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. But it was not accepted by the Academy. The Academy was like, get out of here with this. Really? Yeah. And then I already mentioned it, but I, I was like, wait, there's a penis in that. That I remember that from Fight Club and, you know, the duality of Fight ah, Club. Ah, okay. And then I read a January 2001 Ebert. Okay. He gave this film four stars. When this came out in the United States in 1967, this was one of the very first films that Ebert reviewed. And when it came out, he said he didn't think he understood it. And looking from 2001, he said that actually it's exactly what it seems to be about. Um, And an uh, oddly enough, an internet commentator named John Harding came up with this quote, and he said, quote, and I think this is dead on, quote, how this pretentious movie manages not to be pretentious at all is one of the great accomplishments wow. of Persona. Yeah. Because yeah. it is. It's so pretentious. And yeah. yet when you watch it, you're like, it's pretentious, but yet it come, it's not. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting at the beginning. I was like, "Oh Lord," but yeah, I loved mm-hmm. it. I did yeah, too. It was. I think it's going on one of, of my list. Um, and then he says the opening sequence suggests that Persona is starting at the beginning, with the birth of cinema. So remember, because okay. it okay. lights up and there's there's film going through it. And then you see like silent film, like the, the guy in the skeleton and all of that. So it's like the, the beginning of film. The break in the middle shows it turning back and beginning again. At the end of the film, the film runs out of the camera. The light dies from the lamp and the film is over. So that's it's Ebert yeah. pointing this out. Yeah. Ebert also goes on to point out like the three, there's three famous monologues in the film. There's the one about the two birth scenes. So it's the same monologue, but it's from the two different angles. And then there's the orgy scene. The imagery, this is referring to the orgy scene. The imagery of this monologue is so powerful that I have heard people describe the scene as if they actually saw it in the film. All three monologues. In all three monologues, Bergman is showing how ideas create images and reality. And then I add, a.k.a. the stories we tell ourselves. You know, because th- a lot of times something happens to people and then people dwell on it and then they tell themselves, like, it's because of th- it's because of this, it's because of this. But if somebody, an outside person, was watching it, an objective narrator, they'd be like, well, wait a second. That's not what happened. But... It just gets so, you just tell the Mm -hmm. same story in your head over and over again that that becomes a reality. Mm -hmm. The images create reality. And then he also says, most of what we think of as ourselves is not direct experience of the world, but a mental broadcast of ideas, memories, media input, other people, jobs, roles, duties, lusts, hopes, fears. Elizabeth chooses to be... Who she is, Alma is not strong enough to choose not to be Elizabeth. 
The title is the key. Persona. Singular. So that was... Singular. That was his whole thing. So I, yeah, I'm of the, I'm of the opinion that it's a meditation on people, uh, whatever you want to call it. If you want to call it the ego identity, that the, the, the voice in your head versus your being and your soul. And that sort of always the ego, always wanting to try to steal a spotlight and, you know, tell its story and be out in the front versus just the being that's in the background and that kind of thing. And I sort of think that there it's a kind of showing that on the film of the two people and they're arguing, but it's up to interpretation. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. It's an hour and 30 minutes. This podcast is going to be way longer. Yeah. Yeah. than Than the film. So, and give it a try. And then if if it's just not for you, it's okay. Give it a try again and then let it go if it's not. But I think two viewings is is doable. I mean, it's they're beautiful women. It's beautifully shot. It's you're not gonna intriguing. It's intriguing. It's one of the great films in film history. You're in the hands of a master director. Hey, and nobody's a- gonna come and give you a quiz on it tomorrow. Exactly. Well, this has been Persona, and I'm very proud of all of us because when I listen to other podcasts, you know, I'm always assuming that, you know, like we're like, mm. and and nobody had like any epiphanies, you know, it was all just, okay, this meant this to me at this time and this meant this to me, but Yeah. They're not going to tell you about the black experience in Sweden. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they are not. You only get that on Gone with the Bushes. Um, and so I am praying with every ounce of what I got in me that next week is on Aaron. It is. Oh, thank God. Man. <laughs> I, like, I had nothing. I had nothing. <laughs> I, I had a movie picked out and I was like going to go with it, but then. I was like, oh, I looked at the oh. calendar and I was I was like, we're gonna have to put you in the we will do you later. And I'm like, we're gonna I mean the next time that we meet the next weekend, we'll have to discuss off camera because I have a something to do next Sunday. So we'll we'll have to okay. discuss. Actually, yeah. Oh, okay, nice. But it's Memorial Day weekend. And you guys wanna guess? I have no, absolutely no idea. Wait, because I already wait. mentioned it. It's it's kind of I'm kind Night of probably, no <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. I already mentioned it. You mentioned it today. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Those are uh, usually the black we haven't busters. we haven't done it because I thought we had done it and I googled it. And, and I probably said, it. have you done this? And you were like, no. And yes. we haven't done it. I'll bet that what. Okay. What is it? 1967. 67. I thought it was important because of, I mean, we lost, we lost one of the great ones this week. And. Oh, 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 boy. I mean, the, the boy. 
the what boys? The um, uh, 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 Jim Brown. Yeah. The uh, what's your, what's your Jiggy boys? 1967. The Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen. Mm. Okay. And it's Memorial Day. Yeah. And we haven't perfect. done it. Yeah. We gotta do the Dirty Dozen. Wow. I can't believe it's, we haven't. It's a longer film. Sorry, Teeny. How? But I think I think like it's one of the classics. <laughs> uh oh, she's got I a know. great personality. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's it. You're doing your service to the to the nation. That's right. That's right. To the the yeah. Come on, the people who fought for this great country. That <laughs> where where can we see it? Two hours and thirty minutes. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's just 30 minutes past your total time. I did look up Dr. Zhivago is three hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome with that. Oh, this is a World War II classic. It's Memorial Day. These people gave their lives for it. And it's got Jim Brown in it. So at least there's going to be a black person. <laughs> yeah. He's probably going to die really early, but he'll be in it. I don't remember. I I know I've seen it or parts of it. It's I think it's in classic like like guy like guy of a certain generation like oh, baby yeah. boomer guy movie. It's like the Dirty Dozen. Like yeah, they, and my and, and anybody yeah. who served in World War Two. They're it's like their Godfather. Like they know about the Dirty Dozen. Right. So it's I'm like oh we got to then. Right. I and had the where, zigzag. Where are we going to watch it? Wherever you, it's, you know, Apple Movie, Amazon, it's, it's available. Okay. Available to rent. It's, well, yeah. you know, yeah, we got, we got to have one. Well, we're going to go from Persona to the Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's a, that's a, a jump, but. You know, Gone with the Bushes can do it. Yeah, because you go from, oh, what does it mean to be a human? I, uh, I have they, blow them up again. Like, them up. This is things that white people have time for because they're not trying to survive in the capitalist society, the, the constraints. So they're like, what does it mean to be human? Uh, these two women. So, uh. um, we could have a. Uh, well, I was thinking a drinking game, but not everything has to involve drinking. So um, we could have a when when in the movie does the black guy die? How far into the two hour thirty minutes does the black guy die? Um, competition. I'm that's between you guys. Because I remember I saw this movie when I was in high school. So I don't feel it would be fair if I. Oh, you remember. I don't remember. I remember enough. Going that one hour 15. Yeah. Okay. Christine is down for one hour 15. Write it down. One hour 15. I don't even know. I don't even know. What do you say, Ma? Christine. Well. Okay, so we should have both submitted our, our, our guesses separately, Aaron, because we now should you have, have, have mine to go off of. 
Yeah, because I do have yours to go off. And that's kind of you're, gonna... you're kind of like the bookie. You're kind of like the eighth. The eighth. Yeah, you're rock. writing it down. I see you cheating. I am writing it down so I don't forget. I can't see so your phone. So you're one forty-five. Now my choice is: do I go before that or do I go after that? Yeah, the over under. TD basically over. set the line. <laughs> right. I'm gonna go one thirty. Okay. Okay. There you have. And Erin is out. She's mm-hmm. not playing this game. So um, if Christine wins. What do I win? That's what I'm wondering. What can I give you that's worthy? Um, mm-hmm. we'll have to, Aaron has to think of the prize. Yeah, Aaron oh. has to think <laughs> of the, like, do I sell you money for your next cocktail? Oh. Which is what I'm definitely up for. Yeah, okay, we could do that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Then Tini will have to let me know what her... Brooklyn cocktails cost $50. <laughs> it's true. I'm sure they do and worth every penny. Once in a nice cocktail bar. That's right. Of course, you're not going to the place that only has beer and wine. <laughs> okay, listeners, this has been Persona, and I'm really proud of us. Me too. Nailed it. Next week, the Dirty Dozen. Bye. Bye. Bye.